Hey you guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today I'm honored to have with us Dr. Serena Sterling, who is a coach, an NET practitioner, and also the author of the book, Pain, A Love Story. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about your book, because you said that that sort of sets up the story for why you do what you do. And within that also, just let us know a little bit about who you are. Sure. So I just published my book, Pain, A Love Story in February. And uh, it's a very personal story about how I developed juvenile rheumatoid arthritis when I was nine years old. And that came out of feeling like I was not heard or seen in my family and how my brother was always getting all the attention no matter what I did. And so I went to great lengths. I went to pretending about pain that never existed in order to develop that into my body. So my family, my parents would finally give me the love and attention I felt I wasn't getting. Um, So it's basically manifesting, but not for a very good thing. (laughs) Um, But it, it set me on a course that may have been a lot more uh, different than what I would have done. And so in the book, I talk about that experience. I talk about other experiences in my life where I ended up shutting down emotionally and how that turned into physical pain. And then I weave in different client case stories of people who also did something similar where they ended up with some sort of physical pain. And then I helped them through the work I do um, with NET and coaching to help them connect the dots of how that toxic relationship or something wasn't working in their life and they ended up with physical pain. So were you able to actually get rid of your own pain through emotional healing? I was able to get rid of chronic fatigue through emotional healing as well as some dietary changes and things like that. But to me, the fascinating part was unearthing the emotions that got stuck in my body and came out as fatigue. And then I also have have been alleviated through a lot of pain. Um, I haven't had the arthritis go away completely, but I do talk about one instance where I was dating someone and he just, whatever was in that relationship, those those ingredients started to um, have the, the pain go away, which is why I call the, the book Pain a Love Story because pain is so wrapped up into the relationships we have. And so now when I do have pain, I use the techniques I use with my clients to get it to go away. Awesome. So someone who's out there listening who may not really be familiar with NET, could you tell us a little bit about what it is and and how you use that? Yes. So NET stands for neuro-emotional technique, and it's a way of asking the body for answers. And so the body actually feels emotions before the mind does. The mind makes sense of them in a way that we can digest and understand. And so um, the techniques allow me to use muscle testing even remotely in order to ask the body what got repressed from a certain situation, or even if you have fatigue or chronic pain or anxiety or things like that, I can ask the body for what it's trying to communicate with you And then we can trace it back to an even earlier time in your life when something similar happened and it never got fully processed. And so you get re-triggered in the present to act out or feel those same emotions or symptoms. 
Okay, that sounds very interesting. It sounds very similar to um, some other therapies that I've heard of that. Have you seen a lot of success rate with people in using these techniques? Yes, it's um, it's mind boggling. My, my background is in that I have a doctorate in clinical psychology, but I reached a point where I felt like, especially with physical symptoms, there's only so much you can do with a talk it out approach, especially when you've had trauma or you have overwhelming sadness or there's some sort of shock. You literally don't have the words to describe how you're feeling. And sometimes like how the way I grew up in my family, I, I didn't, I wasn't encouraged to express my emotions. So I never knew how to label them. I just, so it was, this technique is really helpful for helping you identify what emotions are there and how they're getting repressed or expressed. That sounds really interesting. And I definitely feel like there are a lot of us who carry around emotions that we aren't even aware of deep within our subconscious that really need to be unlocked and are probably the root of what's running the show for us many times, especially in our relationships. So what kinds of, I'll call them issues, have you been able to help people with who come to you? Um, well, I lots of issues. Um, some people just have relationship issues, um, where they're just not communicating well with their partner. Um, some people are stuck in their careers and not knowing how to move forward or what even they desire in terms of what they want in their life. And a lot of people find me because I do, um, specialize in stress illness or mind body issues where you've got some sort of like back pain or, physical pain or even like, you know, a rash or fatigue or things like that, that medical doctors just can't help. Or they say, you know what, um, it's all in your head or just learn to cope with it, things like that. And I am able to help them because I'm looking for the root cause. I'm looking for the emotion that is, wasn't available to them. So they just kind of got overwhelmed and they put it to the side. And then if you have no way to express it, it will get stuck in the body. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I at one time had constant like pain in the back of my shoulder and I just thought, well, I pulled it, I did something, but it just wouldn't go away. And I did uh, Reiki, I had Reiki done on my shoulder and within that session, which I don't think a normie, normal Reiki specialist does this, but the particular Reiki practitioner that I went to did some hypnosis too on top of the Reiki. And it was like, you've been feeling stabbed in the back lately. And it was interesting because it was those words. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like a pain and like a stabbing pain in the back. And even just expressing and acknowledging what I was feeling allowed some of that pain then to be able to be released. So I definitely believe in that. Yeah, and I love hearing stories like that because there are so, so often there are things that like, even in my own life, I talk about in my book, I talk about this time where I developed um, hives and I've never had hives before, but I was like, oh, well, it's probably because I'm studying statistics. <laughs> it's a stress res response, but it turned out that I figured out that every time I was being really, really critical to myself, like looking in the mirror and being like, wow, like you look ugly today. You have a fat face. You, you no wonder you don't have a boyfriend. All these things that you would never ever say to like 
a friend or a family member, just a barrage of things that I would tell myself though. And my body would just exhibit all these hives because it was so angry. It was the anger was coming up to the surface so I could look at it and do something different. That's really interesting. And I believe that for sure, because a lot of people I think don't understand that we need to watch how we talk to ourselves and what we carry because when we don't let go of the emotions that we've had like the anger and the resentment and we don't forgive people and then we also like you were doing talk really poorly to ourselves it manifests itself in physical symptoms yep absolutely so i think that's really interesting so tell us a little bit more about your book so you talk in the book about your own experience and at around what time did you really realize that the illness that you were feeling and the symptoms were part of a bigger, more emotional problem? I would say that I've always held that memory of how I created it. <clears throat> so I knew that there were emotions to be looked at, but my trajectory, my career plan in high school and college was to go into journalism, which I did. I got a master's in journalism in London and then I landed a great job in New York City and then it was because of the fatigue I suffered from after being so close to the World Trade Center on 9-11 that, that I stopped all those emotions. And then I found someone who does NET in New York because she helped me so quickly. I was fascinated and I decided I really need to, I want to study this. This is what I want to learn. But in order to do that, I had to get a higher degree in one of the healing arts, which included psychology. So I went down that path and I just, I just kept looking and turning over leaves and, you know, working with coaches and trying to figure out how do I learn about what caused this besides just this desire to get love from my parents that I wasn't, there must be more things. Otherwise I would have healed it by now. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think that the interesting thing that a lot of people don't understand fully is that the body holds on to memories at the cellular level. So even things that happen to you when you're being born, all of those things stay with the body. So the memories are there. And even if you don't remember what the trauma is or you don't know what it is, I think that a lot of people have traumas that they just don't realize are there. Absolutely. And I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day about, um, it's, you call it emotional imprinting or energetic imprinting. Mm -hmm. I love that idea because I totally believe in it. And I see it as a psychological imprint too, that, you know, I make an analogy that our bodies are like these computers. And so they hold all these files that we forget about, but consciously we forget about them, but unconsciously our body stores everything. And so I remember telling someone recently like, oh yeah, I have these issues with, you know, um, just having a clean slate when I start a new relationship because of some, some things that happened when I was younger where I wasn't treated that well by the relationships I was in. And he was like, oh, well, you, you should really be able to just not deal with the things that happened from before. And, and I was like, yeah, easier said than done. That's like a, a psychological energetic imprint that happens. And so you carry that with you into everything else and you try not to let it affect you, but in the back of your mind, you have these concerns and it's just, it's natural. It happens to everyone. Yeah. I think that that is such a good point. You know, we kind of had a 
former guest who likened it to wearing a pair of glasses and someone comes up and touches your glasses and now you've got a fingerprint. So that alters the way that you see the world because everyone else is seeing it through a clearer lens and you're seeing it with this fingerprint, which is smudging and distorting everything. And that's what happens when we get into relationships. We bring with us all of the prior experiences we've had in other relationships and that tends to distort how we're seeing things, which can make you, if you're an overthinker <laughs> and your partner does one thing that reminds you of something that a past partner did, you can take that and completely blow it out of proportion or you know, assume the worst is gonna happen when it doesn't. And I think that that's probably part of what you're talking about when you say that our past relationships are affecting our current relationships. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. And there's this idea that when you're in relationship, that other person is just being themselves, but it's your reaction to that other person that can create all these charges and triggers and difficulties. And so that's why I say, and I even remind myself all the time to tell the truth to like, there's something I call emotional reality where something happens. And then in our mind, we create all these scenarios and then we live from that result as if that's true because it seems like it's total fact, but that person doesn't even exist outside of our minds at that point. <laughs> so, um, so it's really important to me and to like my clients and to everyone, I think to be really truthful about, okay, so this happened, I made it up to be this thing. And I wanna check that out with you because I'm just wondering if that was your intention. That's a very good, system because I think a lot of people don't immediately say, well, this is what I perceive to happen. We just say, this is what you did, <laughs> you know, and we get really defensive immediately. And that causes a lot of problems. And I think the underlying issue is not only are you a human, but you're dealing with someone else who is also a human. And sometimes what you do, like someone triggers you and then you trigger them right back because you respond in a way that they were not expecting because they thought whatever they said wasn't gonna be something that triggered. And so then it turns into this whole big cycle that then is blown up so much out of proportion. So I love the idea of finding the truth in this situation. So how would you, what advice could you give someone if they were trying to do that? Like what is the best way to really find the truth? Because I know when a lot of people are in their emotions, they have a hard time doing that. So I think of my dad in this situation, he was a defense attorney and he would, I would go to him for advice sometimes. And he would always be like, Serena, I just want the facts. You're giving me a lot of emotion. <laughs> so, and it's true. Like when something triggers you, you go right into your emotions and then you get to try to be right about it because it's much harder to take responsibility and be like, you know what? I probably overreacted. Let's talk about this. So one thing you can do is to ask yourself, okay, what happened? Like, what are the facts of this story that I've created in my mind? This person made this remark to me, okay, that's a fact. Now, like, what did I make up about that? And just write it down, just keep, you know, it's really helpful to write it down rather than have it in your head. And then ideally you bring that to the person involved and say, okay, so this happened and I made up that it means this about this, our situation, our relationship. I made it made up that 
you don't like me anymore or you are you know dismissing me because of these things this is how I felt and just have that open dialogue and see where it goes and normally it actually brings people closer because now you're telling the truth rather than going to your corner and sulking or going to the corner and <clears throat> trying to be right about the situation yeah I find that a lot of times people will just want to walk away and be like I need a moment but then that ends up blowing up in your face because when you walk away, you don't do the work that you're talking about doing, which is what you should do. And instead people are overthinking and trying to come up with a good comeback for whatever, you know, it, it's kind of like, well, you hurt me. So I'm going to say this and it's going to hurt you more. <laughs> That's it just, just seems to be what I've experienced in my own life. I know. And also from watching other people. And I think if we were more conscientious about stepping away and, and trying to find the truth, that would be so much better because our emotions cause us to think such irrational things. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And it's, it's hard. I know this for my, for my own work myself, that it's so much easier to just want to shut down and be like, look, I'll deal with this later. I need to cool off. But then I am a huge overthinker thinker, and I'll just think of all the ways that I'm right and they're wrong and they piss me off and then I can come back and be like, okay, here are my points. Yeah. <laughs> but it's better just like in the moment to be like, you know what? I'm sad right now. That hurt me. I don't understand why this is happening, but let's talk about it now. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, some people would say also that you could take a break, but don't take one for too long, I would say. Yeah, I think people who don't want to talk about something and constantly avoid it are doing so to avoid responsibility for dealing with the issue and, and maybe their part in it. Um, Cause I know that I've dealt with people in the past who've been very passive and I don't wanna talk about it. And I find that it's really hard to get anywhere with somebody who doesn't wanna even like look at the issue or deal with it. And to me, when you're dealing with someone like that, it's, it's an, I don't wanna take personal responsibility. This is what it's it is. to me, yeah. I think it's a defense mechanism also. And it's sometimes just how people were modeled. They weren't given the outlet when they were younger. So this is how they then learn how to cope when they're older. And sometimes also you have that, you know, the fight, flight or freeze. And some people freeze in the moment and they don't actually know how to respond. And so there is something to be said about taking a break, but I still think it's important to come back pretty quickly and just really be vulnerable and talk about how that affected you. I think when you're dealing with any kind of relationship, no matter what it is, whether it's a romantic relationship, mother, child, father, child, you know, friend, we kind of have to let the ego go a lot of times because the ego tells us we have to be right all the time or we can't look stupid or be vulnerable. And yet when the real true component of relationships is love and what would love do, then you can't really have the ego involved. I think that just messes things up. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, I would ask you, like, do, have you had the experience where you think of all the things in a, you know, an argument and you're thinking like, okay, this is, this is good. I'm going to have this to say. And then you drop into like love and how you feel, <clears throat> how you feel for the other person. To me, it just shifts things really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. It really does. It takes the anger out of it and the ego portion. And when you look at, well, what is the best 
possible outcome for everybody involved. Like if I were doing something to make sure that my needs are met and that person's needs were met, that, you know, of course not everyone's needs can be met 100% of the time, but then you're able to come up with really fair compromises that I think help and bring you closer because then the other person realizes I'm not selfish and looking out for number one, but I'm also taking care of myself too, because that's a fine line too. I think we get into that having boundaries and making sure that you're not taking advantage of and giving in all the time, but also that you're compromising too when it's necessary. Yep, absolutely. And all of this will also help people who tend to shut down, repress their emotions, and it comes out in a physical symptom. So it's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know personally people in my life who don't want to deal with the emotions, so they hold it, hold it, hold it. And then all of a sudden it comes out in this, and you look like a crazy person because you just like you scream and get very upset. And then you have this overly emotional reaction. And it's because you didn't react to all of the other things, at least not outwardly, that you should have. So I think it's really important to acknowledge your emotions when you're having them. Yes, absolutely. Otherwise, they'll just get go berserk over, you know, a dirty dish. Right. <laughs> I might have done that with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to, but you know, it happens. So um, are you seeing clients then you're working with clients right now, um, coaching and or how, how are you working with clients? Yes. So I, I bring in my training and education and my, let's see, I've been in this for over 10 years, working with clients one-to-one using, so I use, I bring in the psychology, but I don't really do like the talk it out traditional therapy approach anymore. I I do, I wanted to do more engaging, hold people accountable kind of stuff. So that's why I went into coaching and then I bring in NET and I um, combine it with some other mind body stress reduction techniques. And I, right now I am seeing people one-to-one I'm working on a group program that will be online as well. Um, but for now it's just one-to-one coaching. Awesome. And where can people buy your book if they're interested in purchasing that? Right now it's on Amazon. And that book is called, um, pain a love story which i love the title of that book and i love that you kind of personalize it too by talking about your own experiences and how that led you into doing what you do now i always feel like people who are i call us light workers because we're here to help change the world and to help heal often have their own painful journeys that they've gone through first and that is what gives them the experience and the authority to help others change the way that they change themselves. So I love that you're putting that out there and that you're helping others. Well, thank you. And I, I wrote it in a way that I want people to understand that I get it because I've been there and I don't have all the answers and I'm not fully healed because I don't think any of us are fully truly healed because it's a journey, everything we're learning all the time, but I didn't want to come across as some doctor who wrote from a, I know all this and you just have to do this and you'll do, you'll get out of pain. Like it's just, it, I didn't, I wanted to more of a relatable, personable tone. Yeah. And I think it's important because 
even if you give everyone the tools that they need to be on their journey, that accountability piece is so important because when you stop doing the work, I've had people who I've worked with before and we've done so many things and they made such great progress. And then they come back to me like, I stopped, stopped doing what you told me to do. And then they've gone backwards and they're like, well, how do I get back to where I was? And I said, you just keep using the tools and keep learning and growing. And I don't think anyone ever fully stops learning while we're here. I think that's the purpose and the point of being here. So I love that you say that you're still a work in progress. I think we all are for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So if anyone wants to work with you, how, what is the best way to follow you or how can they work with you? So I'm, I'm most on social media, I'm on Instagram the most. Um, it's Dr. Serena Sterling. And then you can also go to my website. I offer a free 20 minute consult to see if we might be the, a good fit. Um, and you can also order my book there too, if you want to sign copy. And um, then I can explain more of what that entails, the intake, then going on to more of a longer term um, process. And I know you have a video too that you've made that explains how you work and what you do, which is awesome. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. I really need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's on, you can find me on YouTube. I don't have that many videos yet, but that's on there under my same name. Um, it's on my Instagram somewhere also. Awesome. So go and make sure that you follow Dr. Serena Sterling and check her out and her book, of course. I always like to leave and end our podcast episode by asking our guests if they had one piece of advice that they could give our listeners right now, what would that be? I would say don't take no for an answer. If you've been told by medical doctors or other type of, types of doctors or healers or whomever that they can't help you and you know that you want more, keep searching because the answers are out there. I love that. That's so true too. I think the type of person I am when someone tells me no, <laughs> that I hear, oh, go try that. Okay. Yes. Why well, will do that? Because when someone tells me I can't do something, it's like a challenge for me that I'm going to prove to you that I can. Totally agree with that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. That always helps. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card especially for you. Also, if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you'll see all of the services I offer and you can book directly from the website. Thank you guys so much. I hope you're having a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.